Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Honestly Speaking podcast. Write a review, share with a friend, subscribe, help us grow. Today in the booth, we got just us, but we got big, big topics to go over. First, the industry of activism. Did BLM's co-founder Patrice go too far in buying all of these houses? We get into the N-word and was Kyrie right to be outraged after his ejection from his NBA game? And lastly, did stripper culture get Paul Pierce fired from ESPN? Kick your feet up and listen up. All right, everyone, we're back this week. We don't have a guest. We're just here to chop it up. And yep, yep, yep. We're our own guests. Mm-hmm. We're our own guests. And a hell hey. of a lot of things have happened. Let's get into it. Um, one of the topics that we thought uh, we had to address was this BLM co founder. And, you know, Ed actually sent me a tweet about it. And it was from a bunch of super right wingers at first you know, harping on the founder buying this $1.6 million house in Beverly Hills. How can she, what a fake she is. And I was like, all right, well, I want to like hold up a second and see if at least some more reputable people are talking about this before I jump on it. And then the update seems like not only did she buy this $1.6 million house, but she's actually bought a few houses over $3 million worth of homes. And she's living her best life, man, living her best life. I'm totally cool with anyone living their best life. And like, if we're going to be really real, $1.6 million, like a $1.6 million home in Beverly Hills is probably like buying like a $500,000, $400,000 home in like Ohio. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like that, that nice, but that's still real cash. And this is where it gets complicated. Cause to me, I'm like, what? Well, I don't know. Maybe she's on the speaking circuit. She's getting paid. Like, why not? But I see the complication when your entire platform is that you're a Marxist. Not only that, but the Marxist thing is, is it's an interesting thing, which, uh, you know, we could talk about. But her, her just rise to prominence is just on this wave of this larger movement that BLM, Black, Life, Black Lives Matter, or the 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 movement for Black Lives, however you characterize it, I guess those are two different things. You're riding the wave of this much larger societal shift um, that she found herself at the forefront of. Now, the I think the actual organization said, "Hey, listen, this is what she's been paid out of the organization as the global head." But the money doesn't necessarily need to come from the organization itself, which people are donating to. I mean, that would be scandalous in and of itself. But even with endorsement deals or just signing deals with like content creators or labels or distribution channels, um, the reason she she got that prominence is off of this movement of pain. Like that's where Mm -hmm. my problem is. Like, and if she's working really hard to do her, you know, it's not that she shouldn't be rewarded or anything, but how close were all of these houses bought in succession? Like, it's just kind of, kind of like styling a little too hard for <laughs> my comfort, starting I think. 
stunt. Stunt. You know, social justice is a big industry now, man. Hey. You got to tap into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I that's mean, another topic, right? The, the, the industry of it all. Yeah, it's the whole thing. I feel like as far as her buying those houses, I mean, whew, it's hard for me to judge, to be real. Okay, if she's a Marxist. You know, because she's living in a capitalist society, which, you know, what she going to do? She going to make this money. Who knows what she using the houses for? She could, I don't know. She could be, you know, getting them set up to have, you know, folks who don't have houses to have a place to live. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Probably not. not that's... But, but, but I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm down hey, for the you reach. Know, you never but... know. You never know. True. That's true. We never I, know. Yeah. I think this is my problem, though, with all of these things is... I have no problem with people making money. I just think it's the transparency of how you do things. And I think that's the, the complication of activism as an industry. And that's why I'm blanking on the mother of, I think it was Tamir Rice. Was it Tamir Rice? I think it was Tamir Rice, but I, I, it could be someone else. But one of the mothers of, of, of sons who was, who was murdered by the police came out the other day, like coming hard at like Tamika Mallory and Sean King and all these people. And I, I think this is where it gets complicated because they are benefiting from these things. You know, Tamika's right. in car commercials now and all these things. I actually don't have a problem with it because I do think they still raise a lot of awareness to people and there's a lot of good work that's done. But there is the flip side that when you have a certain influence, you're going to start getting paid for book deals and endorsement dollars and speaking fees. And like, there was probably a long time where they weren't getting paid for any of this stuff. So I actually don't fully care, but there, there seemingly has to be, I think, a little bit transparency to Eddie's point when the industry is is about, around pain. Right. And, th- and that's, th- that's a tough thread. And maybe, you know, to give some of the people the benefit of the doubt, this is such a new situation where anyone's even getting paid for stuff like this. No one was ever getting paid for any of this shit before. Right. So, I mean, I think I think that speaks more to our uh, focus as a celebrity culture, celebrity culture. Mm-hmm. So like no no matter what the where the industry's coming from, if it's coming from pain, if it's coming from activism, if it's coming from being a rapper, you know, the the celebrity is what people are paying for, right? Those appearances, those, you know, uh products from that particular celebrity. I don't think that we can separate the two because on if that wasn't happening, We'd probably be on this podcast being like, man, you know, I don't know. Who's a who's a popular rapper right now? I'm so under the rock. I don't know. This this rapper is so rich. Why are they Chet getting Hanks. uh oh Chet Hanks? <laughs> what, what? <laughs> you making fun of me, but I'm gonna go with it. So Chet Hanks, he, he why is he getting all of this exposure and influence? We don't give exposure and influence to people who are actually saying something, da 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 da. And then you finally you know, give some influence mm. to people who are actually saying something and, and using their influence for good. And then we come down on them. I would yeah. liken Patrice to a mega church pastor getting paid and pulling up in a, a, a Rolls Royce and having a crazy crib. <laughs> but people go to the church for, you know, absolution, cathartic reasons community you could say that that person is profiting off of a something that's actually needed um and well and not, the only you know, difference would be a dark place 
is we don't know where the money came from. So yes, right. if it came from donations, one million percent, right? Right. But the thing is, which is a little complicated with some of these uh, activists, is like a bunch of them do get just like money personally from rich people just to keep doing what they're doing. So we yeah. don't know like if some you know foundation or just some philanthropist just like wrote them a check and was like go live life mm -hmm. or they cut some deal. So I agree with G. If, if the money was taken from the donations, then absolutely this is mega pastor bullshit. And I think everyone should be mad in that sense. But if it's coming in another way, I mean, look, I, when I, I went on a certain trip, which I, I won't say specifically what it was, um, but there was like a big kind of activist type person there who has a big, you know, speaking circuit. And that person had an email uh, used by this like private philanthropist. And I was like, ah, they're on payroll. Like, I've never seen them publicly say they're on payroll, but they're on payroll. And I, and I think there's a bunch of people like this who are getting paid, like nothing crazy, maybe not like the amount to buy like houses, but they're probably on like 150, 250K salary from a rich person just to go keep doing what they're doing. Absolutely. And so I think that the, it, I do think that's a much different thing at that point. Cause like, I, I don't, I mean, maybe you can question what's wrong with that, but at least it's not people's donations, which is a big fine line to me. Yeah. If it was, if it's, if, this is income drawn off of donations or misused funds. That's clearly wrong. Yeah, absolutely. That's but even beyond that, that's another conversation. But even the celebrity piece, say it's all clean money, and it's just like she signed a deal with Netflix or something. <laughs> that I don't like. That that's <laughs> there's like there's a fine line between yeah, you work hard, do your thing, get your money. You live mm -hmm. in a society that awards celebrity. Absolutely. Yeah. But then there comes a point where you have to like lean into the incentive a little bit and draw up even more outrage in order to get more of a following, to get more Netflix dollars. And yeah, there's like this feedback loop. It's a conflict yeah, exactly. Of interest, yeah. There's well, this conflict, conflictual I, I don't know, feedback man. loop. I, I actually, I, I don't know if I fully, ag I, I agree if you're doing it in this way of just constantly inciting rage to get to your end result. But mm -hmm. if you're someone who's been just doing work and then you become, you become this person you never even thought you were going to become. And then Netflix comes and says, Hey, we're going to write you a check because we want to tell your story or we want your perspective on things. Is that any different than what Jim getting paid or any of our friends getting paid to write about their lived experiences? So then, you, so then we're getting into, well, what kind of Netflix deal is it? Is it mem memoiristic? Is it, are you like an EP on some fictional show or something? I mean, we can, it's, we can definitely parse that out. Shout out Jim, by the way. Not being, not like Jim's doing some weird industry stuff. No, I think Jim's doing amazing stuff. That, that, yeah, that was I like, agree. to me, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no hate That's a good that distinction. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good distinction. Like Jim, the Jim path is... Like I fucks with that. Like but he should the, get money. More, yeah, exactly. But then, like I don't know if Patrice is. This is all hypothetical, obviously. If Patrice is like an EP on the next season of whatever or something, Dear White People or something, and she clearly got that off of her prestige around a real movement of pain. It ain't. It doesn't. It's not good. It ain't Gucci. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. But who, but who, who's supposed to get paid for it then? Who, who, who is the right person to get paid? No one's supposed to get paid to like be a like if they're me. I'm, 
I guess if you're saying like just a random ass consultant that's just a fly on the wall not doing something, but if she's like a writer, actually like a part of the production, that's just work. Mm. So what's mm-hmm. wrong with getting paid for that? Like work is work. Like it's people are compensated for their expertise. Yeah, absolutely. Is is she is she all of a sudden like a you know a a, a career showrunner in this hypothetical instance? No, she's getting money off of her prestige from something unrelated. I mean, yeah. like Tanahasi Coates talks about like how he got offered gigs to direct music videos, like rap music videos. And he was like, this is ridiculous. Now a person could take yes. that opportunity and just soak it all up and, and juice this thing for all it, all it, it's gotten. But he's not going to do that because he's like, this is not my forte. This is not what I work for. This is not how I want to be seen. So but Coach is still going to ask a quarter million dollars for a speaking fee. Is that wrong? Yeah, exactly. That's... No, no. But if he takes the music video, that's, that's... wrong. But see, that's 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 kind of bullshit because that's just bad brand for him. That's not him just like taking money. That's just like stupid career like advice. So like that doesn't even make sense. It's like yeah. he's he's going on the path that will make him the most money. Like don't front. Like Coates, it, it like cares about his what he's doing, but he also cares about his paper. Otherwise, he would be doing things for under his speaking fee. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that when you garner an amount of like he's not an you activist. Can ex- He's a capitalist yeah, writer. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is when you garner this much attention, prestige, and following, you can then exploit that in a bad faith way. That's what I'm saying okay. I would have a problem with. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, I have lots of red flags on her on this to just to keep it <laughs> full circle. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to yeah. play devil's advocate around it. Yeah, her. absolutely. But I, but I definitely think it's always, it's weird that she hasn't just been like, this is what's happening here or something. She will. She'll come out with something. Yeah. So it just made it um, a little bit more nebulous. I feel like being an ap- activist is a lot of labor. Definitely. As an activist myself. And it's really hard to work, right? Like work a regular nine to five and be an activist. I did that for all of my life, just up until recently. And... The amount of mental and spiritual labor that it takes, it's hard to even get up and do something else that's not related because you're just so into it. So I don't, I feel like activists should be getting paid for their time because it is is labor. Like this is the, the country in which we live is a capitalist structure. It's like time is mm-hmm. money, labor yeah. is money. Um, yeah. I do think that there are, comes a point where it can be a conflict of interest, right? If your brand, like you said, is to incite rage and to perpetuate images of black bodies being hurt, right? To to continue your funding or uh, continue a perceived need for your funding, that's a problem. That's a problem. But at the same time, I, I uh, on behalf of all the activists out there, who don't get paid for what we do. Like we just do what we do because there's no other, there's no other way that we can live and um, rather than just, just fight this bullshit, you know, there's just mm-hmm. no other way. There's no other mind state, but to do that and work and go to school and do all these things, it's like, yeah, like pay, pay the activists, man. Like if this is what, if, if, if they have a talent, or an ability to take on some of like 
this collective fear, collective labor and transform it and, you know, alchemize it into movements that are actually generating change, pay them for that. It's like a consultant. Some people are just really talented at doing exactly. that in, in exactly ways it. that most people might not even think about social issues. You get what I mean? Like there was mm -hmm. a time growing up where it's like when we were conscious, you know, like conscious rappers or like conscious people, we were rare. Like we would talk to our friends and nine out of 10 of our friends wouldn't care about what we're talking about. But but now, you know, everyone's what you say, woke awake and it's cool <laughs> and it's cool now to know about what's going on and to care which i'm very very happy about but there was a time where it's like you know there there are people out 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 here who have a very specific skill and a gift to do this work facts definitely G with the last word on that topic well let's um as an actual activist yeah as an actual activist word. so probably the most valuable uh <laughs> opinion here um, well, let's move it forward. Um, the the flat earther Kyrie Irving's back at it again, uh, but this time actually probably with some maybe some good advice. He got all. You, it, I can't stand y'all. <laughs> if you've been listening before, you already know I have some feelings on Kyrie Irving. Obviously, I'm hella biased, but he came in all pissed at uh, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, who's Schroeder play for? Is he playing the Clickers? Oh no, he's on the Lakers. And so anyway, he tweeted, the N-word is a derogatory racial slur. It will never be a term of endearment. Reclaim, flip, never forget its foul and true history. Throw the N-word out the window right alongside all of those other racist words used to describe my people. We are not slaves or ends. I guess Schroeder, I, I don't know, came up to him during the game and I don't know, I guess dropped that N-word on him, but like, I don't know in what context. And that was the response. How do we... Uh, feel about that do you, do you do you know what he said or he was um they had already been prior to the 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 thing itself they had just been playing a game and game basketball games get heated and you sort of trash talk and sometimes you go overboard and stuff i think that that that's already inherent to just basketball games so i think that that was the setting and then schroeder said Kyrie got in dennis schroeder's face and said something i don't know and Schroeder was like, God damn, nigga, like, like on some like backup stuff. And then he just continued to go off and he ended up getting ejected. And I think even in that same uh, play, he was like, don't call me that. Da, 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 da. But then he followed up with the tweet and the IG story uh, to, to like put a fine point on it. Oh, this is my larger feelings on the N word. I mean, listen, man, I, for, it, just, just to Kyrie, I think that. Part of that was just him trying to save face from an embarrassing moment. And uh, he got heated and he got ejected. I don't know the last. It is, it's embarrassing to get ejected out of a basketball game. Like, it's not a fun thing. You're letting down your teammates. I don't, I don't remember the last time Kyrie got ejected. But I think that he followed up on social to say, oh, it's actually about this thing. It's actually about this thing. And it was to save face. That's my reading on it, just in Kyrie specific. But he sparked a larger ritual ritualistic conversation about the n-word which we can have right now here's my take on <laughs> here's 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 what we gotta tease apart right now when i played basketball in high school in new hampshire there was i was playing against uh high school in exeter and i forgot what happened leading up to it but some white dude called me the n-word on the court and i was 
I was like in shock. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. what did you just say? Like mm. this, I, I, could, I couldn't actually even fathom what was even going on. I'm like, is this some weird joke or something? And then I got mad later about it. And I was telling my coach like, yo, what the, and, and then I was sort of waiting for him outside of the locker room. Nothing transpired, but it was a thing that happened that I remember not being so pleasant. So comparing that to Dennis Schroeder calling Kyrie the N-word, um, a lot of times people want to conflate those two events, right? My event with Kyrie's event as being, oh, just the N-word in general is evil. But when you conflate those two events, you're breaking down just like the basic rules of human language, that words take on meaning from context and relationship. Those two events are completely separate. My event with the Exeter basketball player is clearly tied to just American oppression and bondage and terrorism. It's not like my thing with him on the court was equivalent to like getting lynched or something, but it is part of that tradition, obviously. Kyrie and Dennis Schroeder, this is within the black community in a debate around the N-word and its place within that. So they, these are two different conversations. I think within the black community, the use of the N-word, I, I, I definitely have feelings about that, but I would say um, that's something we got to tease out right away. You know what I mean? It's heavy. What do you think, G? It's heavy. My whole thing is I'm not mad at him for tweeting that. I think that is opinion that a lot of people hold, that people don't use that word. I don't believe in policing people, though. I it The word doesn't bother me in terms of, uh, you know, us using it, black folks using it. I personally choose not to use it. I've been putting out music since I was 16. You go through my whole catalog, you'll never hear it. You'll also never hear the word bitch in terms of like me, you know, calling another woman a bitch. But, you know, we do it all the time. Like, that's my bitch. You know, I don't, I, I don't believe in policing what people say. And I feel like if that is a term of endearment and that's how someone uses it, then that's their business. Like my friends use it, but they know not to use it towards me because we've set that boundary and I don't feel um, loved when my friends call me that. I, I'm coming from Mississippi and in proximity to freedom fighters in my family and social justice warriors who fight against white supremacy and were labeled that word in such a mon like monstrous way, degrading way. That's just my own personal uh, belief in terms of me using that word. It's not something that comes from my heart, rolls off my tongue. There's nothing in, in that word that is endearing coming from me or towards me. But if someone feels that way in their heart, then I who are we to say don't use that word or retire that word that's never gonna happen. First of all, that's never like what 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 you're what he's asking is it's not gonna happen. You can't just I don't know. I think um, look, Kyrie has said a few things of late that I'm like, okay, I, like I rock with that, and I think he's realizing like he's gotten social clout off of doing it, and like I think it's like he got to Ed's point. I think he got ejected, and I think even though he probably does believe it it was a little bit of like a saving face moment to then like distract a little bit. And he's now has this little bit of a record of, you know, I think, I don't know if he talked about reparations, but he's been like talking about some of this stuff. And obviously I agree with a bunch of it. And so it's like, <laughs> it's weird to me. Cause I'm like, 
I feel like this was a, a misdirection. I generally am okay with the conversation. The word isn't going anywhere, to your point. As a white person, I just stay away from it uh, in the same way that I try to stay away from like some other words, but that one being like the big one. Uh, and to me, it's like, it's weird because I agree so much with context. Like I've been in a lot of situations with black friends where I hear it with like so much love or like crazy comedy or like all of these other things that feel actually like really good. Even if I'm just like, I'm not a part of it, but I'm like there with it. Like I can feel the energy and vibe where I'm like, nothing a part of this is negative. It's like super enjoyable. Um, but also knowing on the flip where like it's been said in ways like Eddie said by some kid in like high school or whatever, which are like so problematic, but it's almost like, <laughs> I don't know, is, isn't this, this world we live in this fucking like crazy imperfect place. And I think we try to be better with it. And so we always have to have the conversation. And I think, it's tough to say that, look, if someone wants to totally get rid of it or not say it, that's in their right. And they should. And like to Jess's point, like everything you just said of being close to social justice warriors and, and freedom fighters and all these things is so real for you. And that has to be respected. And, you know, any one of your friends knows not to say it. And so I just think that this is like the education around so many things like, you know, yeah. I don't know. That, I, I think that's just like my general point. I, I, I'm a third party to it, but I think context is everything. And we just, the more we can air things out, the better, because it, it certainly shouldn't be a blanket rule. And I think it's an interesting thing for a guy like, like Schroeder or someone else. It's like, just because you think you know someone doesn't mean you fully know someone. And so I think mm -hmm. they're, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a difference of, of the conversations you can have with a friend and the conversations you have with someone you don't really know. That's what I do appreciate about his reaction, whatever the reason, is that you don't know how someone reacts to that word, right? Just because he's Black, just because he's Black American doesn't mean that it's okay for you to say that towards him, like not everyone's okay with it. And, and I think that that was what is, what's interesting about this conversation. It's he just miss making a stance and letting people know, like, I'm not okay with you using that words towards me. Like, I don't know you, you know, um, I think someone mentioned earlier that this other player, he's what, German? Uh, he's black, yeah, he but like born German, in Germany. From, you know, and uh, I don't, I haven't been to Europe a lot, but my friends who have gone say they throw that word around all the time and not just black folks over there. Like everyone like uses that word and to the point where it would like make her uncomfortable, but just an assumption really? that she's, she's okay with that because she's a black American, you know? So yeah, it, it, it depends on the person. It really does. You can't just assume that someone's okay. There's another big thing happening here though. There's, the way that Kyrie characterizes the sort of, we need to get rid of it in a blanket way. A lot of black people feel that way. True. Here's what's going on there, black Americans. It's the politics of respectability. It's the idea that, oh, of course we're oppressed, but you could do things that actually enable oppression. 
Respectability politics mm. is the idea that if black people just wouldn't verify stereotypes, maybe there would be less racism. It's the idea that the the agency of of, of sort of racism is flipped. It's inverted. Like I say, you're causing your own oppression. That and that's and that's sort of you know that that's not something just sort of unique to 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 support sort of Black Americans and American oppression. That exists in other groups. I mean, G, you said women using the B word and stuff. Women being like in the old days being shipped off to finishing school. Is finishing school, you know, where they're taught manners, a place to go so that it won't enable misogyny and patriarchy? Like it's a ridiculous mm. notion. So extending Thanks. that to respectability politics around black Americans, it's this sort of like conservative black wing of of our community and saying like, oh, if y'all wouldn't act like niggas, like this country wouldn't treat you like them. You know what I mean? Al Sharpton has subscribed to this to some extent, even Jesse Jackson. The leaders, this, this is like a popular sort of movement, but I reject it wholly. I, I think that respectability to politics is well not is not anti-racism. It is just finishing school. Um, and the argument where about just sort of banishing the N-word in the black community is just completely ridiculous to me because you're raising a double standard. Yet again, it's not like black people just sort of exist in thousands and thousands of double standards every day in American society. We're just raising another one. The fact that words take on meaning within relationship and within a context. That's true for every other group, every other oppressed group that takes words that are, you know, slurs or offensive and uses them as a private rapport inside of their own community in an endearing way. And it's ironic. All these other right. groups do this. But yet we draw the line at black people. Why? Because right. we want to raise another, another another double standard and blame racism on black people. So in that world, I completely reject that. And I use the word, you know, with friends. I always have and I'll continue to do so. Now, and if I'm in if if I use it in front of mixed company, in front of white people like Farb, you've been there. Like I I, I don't worry about what it communicates to white people, quite frankly, because it is not my job to assume the responsibility that I'm enabling my own oppression. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous notion. Absolutely. Well, hopefully it's also the company you keep. Yeah, exactly. Let's, um, keeping on this respectability politics, and this is a, kind of a funny segue, but um, Paul Pierce was uh, booted from ESPN for live streaming with a bunch of strippers. Man. And then we had this. And we had this offline conversation with our producer, Finn. Shout out, Finn. And he was like, man, he's like, I'm just trying to understand stripper culture a little bit more. <laughs> and yeah, Finn. I, do, I do think that there is, if, if we're going to call it out a little bit, I, I think, I mean, look, stripper culture is in all, all groups, but definitely I would say it's, more, it's seemingly, and correct me if I, you think I'm wrong, but more prominent in like black America. Do you think that's right? <laughs> as a part of like the culture like embrace oh yeah for sure i mean for me i love strip clubs because like with <laughs> white people i feel like it's kind of like it's like this hidden thing that the dad does like you know oh, whereas, oh, nah, whereas we, like we, we hit them up it's we like hit them up we we pack right. up we squat up we hit them up if i go to a new city i want to see what the strip club is like it tells a lot about a city it tells a lot about the culture of that city in my opinion depending on how their strip clubs operate. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know what the white community thinks about it, honestly. 
I think that if we have to like break it down in just like a historical manner, I still just think that a lot of white America comes out of its like puritanical roots and there's still oh, yeah. certain just like conservative ways of looking at things. Oh, and yeah. so sure. strip club culture is just not rocking with like what the, the, the dynamic, I mean, most of white America is still coming out of like, you know, uh, Reagan or like the greatest generation or all these things. It's such a cookie cutter framework. So, um, the nuclear family, the nuclear family, like this is like, this is attacking in some, into them, the nuclear family. Oh, Um, was that why why he was booted off was because of that there were strippers in the video or, uh, private yeah. dancers yeah. or was was there drugs too like i didn't see the video was he was he, i think he was smoking weed um which also is like legal now in a bunch of states so that calls into a lot of question i don't know technically where he was but look he works for espn which is owned by disney it's a publicly traded company most of their money is from like family stuff which you know you can code into white nuclear family whatever you want to say <laughs> and whether he was right or wrong it's just at a certain point in time like i get it it's it's people's money and it's their their stock value and they just don't want to be bothered. It's like okay. the hassle's not necessarily worth it to them. Whether that's the right opinion or not is a whole other thing. But right. I to me, like that's just like a basic like, yeah, like you don't work for like, I don't know, um, a lot of other shit. You work literally work for Disney. Of all the companies mm. you could work for, this is probably <laughs> the one where it's going to be the most problematic. Even if Disney's problematic in its own right, but we know it's all a farce and it's all a show. So, I would say that's one part of this conversation. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. right. I guess the, the other is like, where did like stripper culture like? Where, what's the roots of that? Like, do we know like where that's even coming from? Like, gee, like what? Where do where do you feel like that like <laughs> sense of like I got to know what's up in these places like. Has that mm. been around since we've been born or is that like predating us? Like, Man, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I got homies homies who dance, you know. Um, I don't look at it just from the side of like, oh, let's go like watch some naked women shake their ass. You know, exactly. it's not it's not just just that. And it's funny trying to even give language to it, but it gives like strip clubs give me a warm feeling. Like a warm, yeah. fuzzy feeling. It's strange. I don't know, even know how to put language to it, but it's not, yeah, I don't see what he did is necessarily a negative thing at all, unless those women did not give him consent to post mm-hmm. them. Right? But if they gave him consent, I don't know. I just, something rubs me the wrong way about him being fired over that. Same. This stripper, to, to the stripper culture part, Farb, strip clubs in the South, like Black-owned, Black-operated strip clubs, they're more, to G's point, they're more just like banal. They're not this weird spectacle like like Northern uh, white strip I've, clubs. I've been to Magic City. I, there you I've go, been right? The whole thing. It, it's so, a whole party. Like, you got it's a whole good party. food. It's, it's more than just some creepy little spot. No, it's not exactly. It is, <laughs> it is it's still, a, a you know, objectively, we can talk about the degrees to that, but it is just more integrated into just general club culture and parties totally. and community in a way 
that it is it is not the same way with like white strip clubs who where dads are sneaking off who are repressed sexually or something and like want to mm. go and and objectify strippers in New York City or something in the South and black strip clubs. I, I gotta I gotta say that this I feel this is connected to just there are certain economies black people are have been historically open to flourishing in more than others. And I think black women in Southern strip clubs just have more agency than white women in a New York strip club. And I think that they have more agency and, and there is much more of an empowering dynamic to that that exists within the stripper culture and that it is embedded in larger black community. Strip club is just the club. We're all in there. It's not just we're like leering at you know, there's obviously that still, but it's not the only thing happening. There's just it's just much more sort of multidimensional um, right. around just like community. Um, right. Community like you, you're going to see the same some of the same folks in the strip club, whether they're working there or just patrons there like around anyway. You know, it's not like you said, just some like outside. It's not outside of us, but also I think Eddie gave me a little language or helped me along with my language. There is a sense of empowerment, right? Unless it is in an establishment that is exploiting, you know, but that's not all always the case, you know, like these women and men who, who dance, like they're getting their money. Like they are working, working this system. They're getting their money. They're doing, you know, a lot better than some, you know, than I'm doing a lot of them, you know, and I like, I just, I just love to see it. I love to see it like there. Which is the fine line with sex work being work. Even though this isn't technically mm -hmm. sex work, it's still playing in a similar category prize, like how people are viewing it. Sure. Is it sex sure. work though? Isn't it? I mean, I, of, isn't I'm, it in there? I, I would couple it like adjacent to sex work. If not, I mean, sometimes it overlaps. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, sometimes it's, it is sex work, but if if a, if a if a man's going to uh watch like pay pay me to watch me right do anything whether it's like pour syrup on my toes and that's something that arouses him right if that arouses him or i mean that's like sex work Damn, right? man, is that you I, I mean i don't i don't know when i think of sex work i don't think it's just like you know Having yeah, sex right. intercourse. Money. No, it's like and, I mean that's a good point though. There, it, it's there is like it's just general payment of all these different things that are like sexually gratifying to people. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like if Madame Marguerite was here, shout out, she would say that strip clubs are in the sex work industry. I think just I from our conversation with her, text her right <laughs> yeah, now. Boom, get let, on let's, Facetime. Let's get a dancer on the show. Like, let's get a dancer to come on the show and speak to it. You know, and 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 let her or him or they explore and dig deeper with us because I'm I'm only I'm only looking at it from a a patron and like my friends right. who work in the industry. That's the only lens I can speak from. So we should have the, someone on the show. The, the hot take yeah. I want to know if it's true is: Did Eleven in Miami appropriate? stripper culture what's that <laughs> 11's like the first like spot that's a club but kind of a strip club that like is like white people friendly i feel like oh really? interesting i haven't been there I, I oh 11's like the top top five grossing clubs in the country it's in um it's in miami it's been there for like seven years maybe six seven years i mean they get like drake and people for new year's eve like they get 
they make so much money. It's a little bit different though than when you think of like a Magic City or a place like that. Whereas mm-hmm. to me, when you go there, like the strippers are the stars, right? Like they're doing, yeah. right. they're like doing crazy theater, like you know, like they're just like craftsmanship's kind of wild, like the shit they're doing on the pole. Word. When you go to Eleven, Cardi was a star. Yeah, it's less about <laughs> poles. Like there are women stripping, but it's really like it's like live meets a strip club. If that makes sense. Interesting. And that this like that all makes sense to me. But I just can't I I gotta think about like like the seventies sexual revolution, women's lib, like how women have historically flipped previously objectifying or oppressive situations and flipped them into situations of agency. And I I just see the strip club being part of that tradition of, oh, you put me in this corner, but I'm gonna like do the shit out of it and reclaim my agency and, and, um, you know, make it into my art form and make it into something, um, really complex and beautiful. Like I, I just kind of see this being part of that tradition. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have folks who pole dance as an art form, you know, we have friends who right. pole dance on Instagram and they, you know, teach pole dancing, you know, it's not necessarily, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's deep. I think we need to get some folks on the show. Gee, our friend Alex in, uh, in, in in Tulsa is learning pole dancing. Yeah. Right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's super He's dope. He's getting good. He's getting real good. Yeah. So I look. I think there's so much complexity to like this. Where usual. Let's do this. Let's definitely get a dancer on the show. I think we need to like dig into this. I think it'd be a lot of fun, and it'd be a good extension of our Madame Marguerite conversation. As you would say, I think I think it is. Right. I don't know if it's adjacent or what the term is, but um. Right. You, I'm so proud of you guys for talking about these things. Look at you. <laughs> Look at y'all. We love it, you know. Hey, it's season two. It's what we do, baby. <laughs> All right, everyone. I think that's a wrap. Uh, we'll see everyone next week. Peace. Peace.